On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. Stream the show on the free ESPN app or on your Alexa, Google, or Siri smart speaker. Turn it up! Turn it up! Spin your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. Are you crying? Oh, my Lord. I am sorry, honey. Please don't. Could you get your daddy on the phone? Don't hang up, please. I- it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, here's Ken LaVica. The Field of Dreams game was awesome last night, and even non-baseball fans can be totally into that. That said, Major League Baseball, I urge you, I urge you, resist overdoing it. People like it doesn't mean that you absolutely rub it in everyone's faces every single year. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. Friday edition here on ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app as well. Originating from the Ann and John Levine Action and Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach in the Phillips Point Towers. Uh, right off of the I don't know what the Intracoastal is <laughs> like today. And we're going to uh, pull back the fourth wall here. It is Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel, my COVID warrior. Chris Coquel is back. He is confined to his quarantine garage in Port St. Lucie. I am at home because my children's daycare is closed today for some reason. And so I am attempting to work and watch my two children because Coquel, my wife, is out of town. And this is an absolute disaster. I don't know what to do when my wife isn't here for my life purposes. And now when the kids are involved, I'm lost. I have no idea how to parent. Clearly, it's not wearing shirts because the first thing I got to see this morning is Ken's nipples. All right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I gave Coquel over a Zoom call a face full of nipples. Uh, how are you feeling, by the way, my radio life partner? Thank you, science. I'm feeling pretty good. The vaccine awesome. seems to be doing its job. And also give a shout out to uh, Dayquil, the makers of Dayquil, <laughs> brought to you by Chris Coquel, as they seem to be powering me through. Well, Coquel's been looking for that endorsement. Looks like he's really fishing for uh, for Dayquil here. But but we are we are being upfront with you as we always are. This is an unconventional setup that we have. The Delta variant has uh, has has certainly affected things at ESPN West Palm. It has infected Coquel's body, but he's feeling well enough to be on the show again. I appreciate that. And while I'm not affected by COVID, I am affected by the fact that my wife decided to go out of town. How dare she? Uh, all right. no, I mean, I would, get, I would get out of here, too, right now. <laughs> uh, seriously, get she's going to Alabama. Away. She's in Alabama. And that seems like a better option than South Florida right now. When do you ever say that? I know like ever, ever, unless you're talking about college football. But other than that, never, ever, ever. Uh, I want to talk about Field of Dreams last night. And this is my time right now to gloat. Hey, Yankees fans, eat that. Eat that so hard. Rub your face in it so hard. You thought, you thought that it was a dramatic come from behind victory in the corn on national television, but not so fast, says Tim Anderson. 
Oh, God, that felt great. That was electrifying. And I am going to say, as the only White Sox fan who lives in South Florida, the only White Sox fan who gets any regular airtime in South Florida, really in the state of Florida, that was the best moment for that franchise since they won the World Series that no one remembers in 2005. Coquel, I was in my bed. It was 1130, and I am jumping up and down on my bed like a five-year-old when Tim Anderson goes yard. I thought all was lost. There was something so electric about that last night. And to finish like that, that's one of the best regular season nights of Major League Baseball, truly. And Darren Rovell tweeted this, and I agree, in the last 20 years. I've never been more mad at myself for watching Mac Jones play quarterback instead. (laughs) You meatball. You absolute football meatball. And I do have some thoughts about Mac Jones and the Patriots and the the sudden romanticism of Mac Jones that's being wrought upon him by national media later on in today's show. But last night was awesome. That was great. Uh, Fox did a wonderful job framing that entire broadcast from the corn to the stories to the Kevin Costner first pitch while it was, okay, fine, pun intended, kind of corny. It was cool. It was good. It was goosebump-inducing stuff. They didn't do the stat cast. They didn't do the K-Zone. They didn't do the launch angle graphics. Like, they kept it simple last night. That is how baseball still should be when it's televised. It was a fantastic job. Joe Buck, fantastic as always. John Smoltz, solid as always. And then it results in that dramatic finish where the Yankees put up four in the ninth, take the lead on the White Sox, who had dominated the game, and then Tim Anderson with the walk-off home run. This is what I'm fearful of, though, Coquel, because we saw it a lot with the NHL. Do you remember the first outdoor game, the Winter Classic in Buffalo, uh, New Year's Day? This was New Year's Day 2007. I remember because I was at the Outback Bowl covering Wisconsin and Tennessee when I had just moved down here. Uh, and it snowed in Buffalo between the Sabres and the Penguins. And the it was just really outstanding scenery. And it left a mark. But the NHL said, hey, people watch that. That's success. And now we have like five winter classics every single year. And it's diluted the product. Major League Baseball should not go to this well too often. Should they do another field of dream games? Uh, dreams game? Yeah, absolutely. Does it need to happen every year? No, probably not. Should it definitely not happen multiple times in a year? Yeah, I would hope we can all agree on that. Major League Baseball did a rare good last night. And I just, I I feel like a sport, Coquel, a league that's been so wrought with bad news and it, it calamity after calamity, it's going to be easy for them to slip into that trap. That's what I worry about. We saw it with, um, I think of baseball when I think of overdoing everything. When the Subway Series happened, when we started having interleague play and yeah. the Yankees and the Mets would play each other for one game and then they play each other for three games. Now I feel then they did. We're going to do home and home series. And now no one cares when they play each other. Just like when they decided to put the the divisions to play 19 games against you. I don't care when the Yankees play the Red Sox anymore because I feel like the Yankees play the Red Sox every other Tuesday. So it means nothing. You can overkill the special thing you have. That's a good call with the, uh, with the interleague play, because that was cool at first because you never saw 
the Yankees and Mets play in the regular season. And I don't know. Uh, I, I know that way back when I was a kid, the, the White Sox and Cubs used to play one exhibition game uh, during the course of the regular season. It didn't count, but it was a crosstown classic. Did the, did the Yankees and, and Mets do that? Not that I remember growing up at all. So that's yeah, why so that, that, that's what made it so special. It was like, oh my God, I remember being in Yankee Stadium and being dragged out screaming, We got the rings as at Met fans, like a drunken Yankee fan, yeah, because right. it was the biggest moment ever. It was like, oh my God, they're playing each other. I'm here with the people I grew up with. And then it's like, oh yeah, they're playing again next week. Oh, now yeah. they're playing again next week. It, oh, look, they're playing play. Like you bring up interleague play, and I remember it was just cool to see like the White Sox and the Reds play in the regular season because yeah. it was different. It was different, but it happened every year. It sort of lost its luster. So then they switched up which division uh, you played. Your team was in. Maybe you're going to play the AL East or, or the NL East or the NL West. Uh, and then it turned into you're just randomly because you remember two interleague play was always the same time period every time you went into the American League or the National League. Then they just sort of started putting all of those interleague games on the schedule. And now you'll randomly have an American League and National League team playing a series in June, playing a series in August. So it's not a thing anymore. They successfully drove that into the ground where it didn't mean anything any longer. The NHL Winter Classic, oh, cool. It's at um, it, 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 the, the Bills Stadium. Awesome. Or it's at Wrigley Field. Cool. Or it's at Fenway Park. Nice. Now we've got five of them every single year. The Winter Classic doesn't mean anything. We're having them at like Lake Tahoe. We're having them at the Cotton Bowl. Like, what are we doing with that now? It's lost its luster. And I, I don't think that the Field of Dreams game should even be annual, though. I don't think there's any need for that. I think that you almost you you do this like uh, the Gold Cup in soccer every two years, or you do it like the World Cup every four years. But keep people wanting more. Less is more in this spot. Um, the, the, the absence makes the heart grow fonder. I feel like that's the way. If you're really going to romanticize this and say this is the roots of baseball, this at its core is its purest form, then make it like that. Don't oversaturate it. Should the Field of Dreams game in baseball be played every year? You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm, at ESPN West Palm. Uh, should the Field of Dreams game be played every single year? I, I, I can just see the Rob Manfred after seeing what the ratings are going to be and seeing the social media reaction and that Tim Anderson walk-off home run, uh, just the coolest guy in the sport, by the way. But that's been making the rounds on social media, millions and millions of views and clicks. And there's been a lot of praise for Major League Baseball. For the first time in a long time, heaps of praise being placed on Major League Baseball. And don't you just feel like Rob Manfred is going to consume that, eat that, and say, we're doing it three times a year. Send everybody to Dyersville, Iowa. I just have a bad feeling that's how this is going to turn out. I don't mind them going every year, but one game. That's it. One game. It's got to it be one if they're going to do it every special. year. Let it be yeah. special and rotate which teams do it where the Yankees aren't in there again for 18 years. Like yeah. make it, oh, my God, the Yankees are playing in there. Oh, my God, my Cardinals are playing in, in there. Make it yep. really special where you're not always going back to the well with the same teams over and over again. And then again, you can't do it more than one because you know what's coming next. All right, we're just going to do one American League and one National League. And then it's yeah. going to be, oh, we're going to just do one West Coast, one East Coast from each league. And then oh, it's going to do... be 
And then it'll be like, we're going to have an all-star game at the field of dreams. And yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like they're going to, they're going to screw it up. I, I just wonder though, just to, so the White Sox are the core team in field of dreams. Okay. Um, and uh, I wonder if, do you just recycle different teams each year? Do you keep the White Sox as a constant or until, or do you bring back the team that wins in a given season? Or how do you, that's how, a cool is, idea. Is there an incentive to the an incentive to win there that, that makes it every year a little bit more urgent? Like, Hey, we want to come back. We want to give this to our fans every year. So the team that wins gets to come back for a second year. That's an amazing idea to have the team that wins gets the home field and that's their field until they lose it. Because there is a little excitement to it. It is a special place. But again, just that one game. So you get to go back. And then I'm sure people will complain. Well, my team has to travel there every year. But let's just enjoy that moment of that's our place. The White Sox can own it. And if they win every year, let them play there for 20 years. But they don't get to play the Yankees again until they've played every other team in baseball. I am flying so high off of such a random regular season game. Like I, I can't, when I said earlier that this is the best moment and this is sad, but this is the best moment in white Sox franchise history since they won the world series. I'm being a hundred percent honest and they've made the playoffs twice since they won the world series last night, the spectacle, it just made it feel massive. It made it feel so big time. And I'm not even a huge field of dreams movie fan. Like I don't, I don't think that it is this great transcendent film. I think it's a little bit lame at times. The premise is questionable, sketchy at best, but, but like last night was just cool. If you're a sports fan and couldn't appreciate the visuals last night, like that was just awesome. Hold on, Coquel. Hold on. Yes, Adeline. I'm trying to make a point about the field of dreams and trying to make a point about the White Sox. What do you need? Leah spilled my bubbles and it's a big mess. Oh, Leah spilled oh, bubbles no. in a mess? Oh, no. All right. I'm going to have to go and clean that up in a second. I'll be right there, okay? Awesome. Okay. I'll, I'll be there in one second and I'll clean it up. Well, Coquel, this happened. is going to be... Ken, you're a parent. You're a bad dad. We know that already. So this is what you're going to do. There's going to be bubbles I... everywhere. Listen, girls... Go start throwing things. Ken's got a show to do. He can't leave <laughs> until the commercial break. Go eat sugar. Go eat candy. <laughs> Don't encourage them. Stop encouraging them, Coquel. So, again, just to give some context to what the hell just happened is I was making a great baseball point, if I may say so myself. I am at home because my wife decided that she was going to go visit a friend in Alabama, God forbid. The daycare is closed today, so I'm trying to do this show while watching two of my daughters. And now bubbles have spilled outside on the patio and all hell is broken loose. I love that you're you're saying it's on the patio. That's right on your couch. I'm being told it's in the house. Okay, There's no Eddie, doubt you. in my mind, Ken. Oh boy, you you got your hands full over there at the Lavica household. Oh my good lord. So should the Field of Dreams game be played every single year? Go ahead and tweet at us at ESPN West Palm at ESPN West Palm. I told Coquel earlier today this was going to be a wreck and we are well on our way. Uh, but the Field of Dreams game last night was that was awesome. 
That was really, really cool. And back to my point before Bubblegate took place, you don't even have to be a fan of the movie to appreciate the corn, to appreciate uh, the small but passionate crowd, to appreciate really everything being stripped down. From a television standpoint, Coquel, the fact that it was just the pictures, the fact that it was just Joe Buck and John Smoltz, and that was it. Like, I loved it. Baseball gets too numbery. Baseball gets too um, uh, too much in the weeds of sabermetrics, especially on television now. That was baseball last night. That is what you love about baseball. When Costner turned around and I had a feeling it was coming, but you just because of the way he stopped and kept looking back and you could tell he missed his mark because then he walked another 10 feet, stopped and yeah. looked back again. Yeah. And then the players came out of the cornfield out of nowhere. That was cool. That was really I, cool to see the Yankees I, and the White Sox walk out because I didn't know that was going to happen for sure. They hadn't announced yeah. that they were doing that and they just brought him out just like in the movie. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that I was at first I rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh, God, that's so corny. But it was cool. Like it, it gave me goosebumps. And yes, corny. That, that was a pun. Again, I did it again. OK, uh, but Tim Anderson with the walk off last night. But Major League Baseball, I'm urging you, I'm pleading with you, do not overdo it don't saturate this to a point where it doesn't mean anything anymore ken levick alive featuring coquel ken, Co-Kel. ken yeah. you got, you're the colonel of your house you got things to take care of let's just take a quick break <laughs> oh man i'm about to colonel stock off the show ah! ken levick alive featuring coquel presented by the fau nba sport management program maybe dr jim reardon wants to come over here and help me parent my children today he's the presenting sponsor the presenting partner of ken levick alive featuring coquel 22 years he's been doing it i can't wait till my daughters turn 22 and they're out of the house 22 years of him running the FAU MBA sport management program and changing lives. Why? Because he's setting the base for students to get into the sports industry. It's a passion of his. And if you want to get into the sports industry, there's no better way than to uh, do it with the FAU MBA sport management program. That MBA in sport management from Florida Atlantic is worth its weight in gold. We're talking professional sports, game day operations, all across college athletics. You have uh, graduates of the FAU MBA sport management program. George Lindley, our guy at the Palm Beach County Sports Commission. That's right. You guessed it. FAUMBA sport management grad. And you can be a part of this, too, with professors that are in the sports industry, passing along firsthand knowledge. Here's the website. Write it down. Commit it to memory. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. FAU.edu slash MBA sport, the FAU MBA sport management program. You can take classes remotely. So you're going to be 22 years old right out of school or you're 40 something and looking for a career change. You can take these courses and do it successfully. FAU.edu slash MBA sport remote classes or on campus in Boca Raton, the FAU MBA sport management program. Boo-hoo! Ryan Fitzpatrick can't stop talking about how the Dolphins wronged him. Did the Dolphins really wrong him? We'll come back. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Lavica, and we're on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Lavica and Chris Coquel. Ryan Fitzpatrick is acting like he got screwed by the Dolphins. He's still talking about them. Ryan, 
move on. It's business. The Dolphins did nothing wrong. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel ending your work week here on ESPN 106.3. Don't forget on your smart speaker as well. Want to tell you about Florida Cash Home Buyers looking to sell your home the easy way? Well, Florida Cash Home Buyers. Florida Cash Home Buyers will buy your home in any condition or situation for cash. Selling your home to Florida Cash Home Buyers? It's fast and easy, Coquel. No need to have a bunch of strangers walking through your home. That, to me, was the most annoying part of selling my previous house, is that there was always strangers in the house, especially now during a pandemic. Probably want to stay away from that. Florida cash home buyers buy properties as is, so they don't need to make any repairs or clean. Uh, you're, you're able to do this hands-off. And Florida cash home buyers is saving you thousands of dollars on commissions and closing costs because, well, no realtors involved. Florida Cash Home Buyers can pay a cash advance before the closing. They've been in business since 2011. They've helped hundreds of homeowners sell their homes quickly and easily. Florida Cash Home Buyers, A plus rated with a Better Business Bureau, a lot of happy customers, over 100 great online reviews. Florida Cash Home Buyers buys inherited houses, damaged houses, houses with liens and violations, bad tenants. They'll buy nice houses as well. They don't discriminate. They want to buy your home and make it easy for you so you can be on your way. Florida Cash Home Buyers, they don't need to visit your home. They can make an offer over the phone. They couldn't make it any more easier, folks. Florida Cash Home Buyers, call them at 561-570-7070. That's 561-570-7070. Florida Cash Home Buyers. All right, Coquel. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know that the NFL media loves him. I know that he's easy to like for fans. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but we're starting to get into jilted girlfriend territory here with Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins. And I got to be honest, it's a bit unbecoming. Ryan Fitzpatrick did not get screwed over by the Dolphins. And, Ryan even, Fitzpatrick and even if he did, Ken, sorry to cut you off, but come on, man. I get it being upset last year, but he's got teammates this year that are listening to him probably saying, wait, are those your guys or are we your guys? Yeah, yeah. I just, Ryan Fitzpatrick's been in the league for an awful long time, and he's been with damn near every team in the NFL as well. Ryan Fitzpatrick knows how the NFL works. Ryan Fitzpatrick saw the writing on the wall, acknowledged he saw the writing on the wall, when the Dolphins picked Tua Tungavailoa in the draft last year. So I want to read you this excerpt from The Athletic. This is a feature that Robert Mays wrote on Ryan Fitzpatrick. And uh, there are a lot of things to unpack out of this. So here we go. That shared history with the Dolphins' inexperienced core served as the backdrop for Miami's strange quarterback saga last season. Fitzpatrick was under no illusions when the Dolphins drafted Tua with the fifth pick in the 2020 draft. He understood that the rookie was the future of the franchise, but there was never any communication before the season began about if and when Tungavailoa would be inserted into the lineup. Coquel, let me ask you, did there need to be any communication from the Dolphins coaching staff and Brian Flores to Ryan Fitzpatrick about when and if Tua would see time last year. He's not a 10-year veteran with that team. He's a guy who came in as a filler, and anywhere he's ever been, he's been a filler. The only team that locked him up to a big contract recently was the Jets, and he was awful the following year. So I don't know why all of a sudden he thought he was Dan Marino that deserved you know, an explanation of when he's going to be benched. 
And we continue. On the Monday of Miami's bye week in late October, the veteran quarterback Fitzpatrick was riding high after two scorching performances by the Dolphins' offense. Head coach Brian Flores summoned him to his office. Flores told him that the team was making a quarterback change. Tunga Vailoa would spend the bye week getting ready and would start the team's next game against the Rams. Quote, I have a ton of respect for Flores, and we have a very good relationship, Fitzpatrick said, but I thought it was a joke at first. We're putting Tua in? I was floored, end quote. Should Ryan Fitzpatrick have been floored? I understand disappointed because he had come off of a very strong performance uh, against the 49ers. They went on the road. They pounded San Francisco. The offense was humming. But then Brian Flores decides, hey, I like the offense where it's at. I think Tua can be plugged in and we can start in the next era, the next step of this Dolphins franchise. Should Ryan Fitzpatrick have been floored in that spot? I disagreed with the move when it happened. I think the telling time we're going to be able to tell if, if that was a good move is how to a place this year, which brings us back to yesterday's show of maybe that's why there's that added pressure on to because he has to improve from what he did last year because they took out a quarterback who was playing well. For Fitzpatrick, though, he's been in the league such a long time. I'm really surprised that he's having this. It's almost like he thinks, oh, I finally put it all together. That was my shot to win a Super Bowl. He was good. He wasn't that good. No, he was not that good. And he had put together two pretty good games. Which is what he does. He always does that. He'll give you three good games and then he'll throw nine picks in the next two. So then the athletic feature on Ryan Fitzpatrick continues. Chan Gailey, who had been hired as the team's offensive coordinator before the season, learned about the move only a few hours before his longtime quarterback. Quote, I was in total shock, Gailey said. We didn't even have a preseason. It was a totally new offense for Tua. We were just starting to hit our stride. We'd won two in a row and scored a bunch of points and moved the ball well. It came as a shock to me. End quote. I'm trying to decipher... What bothers me about Chan Gailey being in shock? If it's that Brian Flores in him had such a disconnect that there wasn't enough communication for Chan Gailey not to see the signs that Flores wanted Tua to start seeing significant action, or if Chan Gailey was so out of tune with what was being observed at practice that he couldn't even... Uh, wrap his mind around the fact that Brian Flores was pleased with what he had seen from Tua in practice enough to start putting him in the game. But for me, Chan Gailey, who did nothing to help Tua last year, that sort of gives me an indication as to why, because it seems like longtime offensive coordinator, if he's not fully cognizant of where the head coach's head is at at all times, that's a gigantic problem. Yeah, it's clearly... I ripped on you last year saying it was conspiracy theory of you thinking that Gailey wasn't calling the, you know, we fought on Twitter at real coach K for me on Twitter, by the way, in case anyone was wondering <laughs> at real coach K, you can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> at real coach K. Um, I used to rip on you saying your Chan Gailey conspiracy theory, but this sounds like there's a little bit of truth to it where he really didn't want him in there and didn't trust him and didn't think he deserved it and said, all right, well, if you're going to make this guy go in there, I'm not going to call my offense. I'm going to dumb it down and give him where he's got to throw the ball only four yards per throw like he was last year with Flores. I'm wondering if Flores didn't know until the bye week because we always think the head coach is the end all be all because we grow up, we play little league and then our careers end and we end up either being dopes like me and you on the microphone or the fine people that are listening in their cars. 
But yeah, people in the business world of sports know that the head coach doesn't always make the decisions. And it may have come from the top of two is our future. Two is our franchise. Two is who we can market. We want to so, and, and, and deal with it. And I'm not saying that Chan Gailey purposely torpedoed Tua, but there was clearly different play calling for Tua. Anybody with a brain who watched that knew that there was different plays being called a different offense for Tua than there was for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then finally, here's the quote from Fitzpatrick again, quote, that was my team. I fought through the bleep with those guys. I get the way that the NFL works. I get it. But to have it happen the way it did, end quote. No, you don't get how the NFL works, apparently, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You don't get it. Like I said a couple of minutes ago, the Dolphins did not screw Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's going into jilted lover phase here because his initial reaction was unbecoming. He went public with his disappointment right after it happened last year, if you recall. And now here we are nine months after it took place, and he's still talking about it, even though he is now the starter in Washington. He has failed to move on. He's under delusions of grandeur about what that Dolphins team actually was and what he actually was last year. Tua was brought in to take over the reins of that team. Ryan Fitzpatrick was never going to be a long-term option. And yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick played well uh, at times, but you're exactly right when you say that's been his MO in his career. String a couple of wins together, get into the discussion for a contract extension, a la the Jets, a la the Bills, and uh, all of a sudden, oh, look at Fitzpatrick. He's finally arrived, and then he devolves into the Ryan Fitzpatrick who throws interceptions all the time, makes bad decisions, and his team's middle out. That is what was eventually going to happen with the Dolphins. So if Brian Flores saw an up in practice to think that Tua was in a good enough spot to start getting reps, then if you really got the NFL and knew that that's how the league works, like Ryan Fitzpatrick says, well, Ryan, you would have reacted better. You would have been uh, much more mature about the whole thing and wouldn't be because he has an outright setup at Coquel. I think it's pretty, pretty clear he thinks that the Dolphins jobbed him here. And they may have, but again, he doesn't have the resume to be worried about that. He's never been good when he's the established starter. Eventually, that becomes who you are. Wherever he went, he did good when he was the fill-in guy, the guy who came out of nowhere. Whenever he was the established starter, he was an average quarterback. And if you're an average quarterback in the future sitting on the bench, guess what? You're going to swap places, whether it's week four or week 14. Did the Dolphins wrong Ryan Fitzpatrick? Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm, at ESPN West Palm. Uh, Finhead tweets, no, but I only say no because he knew what he was getting into when he signed with Miami. He knew they were targeting a quarterback in the draft. He lived that life previously as a vet mentor to a rookie. He knew the clock was ticking. Could argue against timing, but we knew it was coming. For sure. Absolutely. The timing may not have been to Ryan Fitzpatrick's liking, but the timing is what it was. And Ryan Fitzpatrick had more than enough time to prepare himself after Tua got drafted number five overall. Uh, total perspective tweets. I like Fitzy. It was fun, but not even close. The Dolphins did not wrong Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Bob Kuderen, Coquel on Twitter, says Ryan Fitzpatrick has made more off of desperate NFL teams than any other quarterback he's fine with being the boyfriend on the side until the team is ready to marry up maybe that's what it is maybe after all these years Fitzpatrick was like oh I want to be marriage material 
And then the Dolphins said, nope, sorry, you're still boyfriend material. Come here, Tua. You and your gorgeous, clear skin. Uh, you and your, your great high ceiling. Come on. Come on. And they pushed the hairy guy to the side. Maybe that's it. He's just sick of being the bridesmaid, but too bad. That's how he's carved out the career that he's carved out because he's good at being the bridesmaid. You need to realize what you are at some point. The party girl is fun, but eventually you want the long-term security of the nice, sweet one. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Like, listen, I know I'm limited in some areas in my career. Can I go out and do a shock jock show and make prank phone calls and be the man on the street? No, because I hate that stuff. Is it entertaining? Yes. Do I wish I could do that? For sure. Am I that guy? Absolutely not. And I need to understand that. Can I reach the heights of a Howard Stern uh, and and push the envelope? No, because I don't feel comfortable doing that. But can I do a pretty damn solid radio show, hang out with Coquel, be a, a, a pretty good play-by-play guy at the Division One level? Yeah, that's my comfort zone. That's what has helped me plied this career for as long as I've done it. Ryan Fitzpatrick being occasional starter who's there to help mentor. That's why he has been able to enjoy the NFL career as long as he has. Did the Dolphins wrong Ryan Fitzpatrick? Once again, the Twitter is open at ESPN West Palm. It's Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel here on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app Friday edition. I am at home with my children because my wife decided to go out of town and daycare is closed. So I'm doing a show with the kids stomping around and yelling at one another. It's an abject disaster. Coquel is our COVID warrior. Who is Coquel? Uh, you're feeling better today. You're, you're, are you feeling better for the first time since Monday when you started getting the symptoms at least? Yeah, each day has been like a wave of good and bad. I can tell the vaccine's doing its job and battling, but today I feel pretty good. I feel good. I'm just annoyed that people aren't wearing masks. They're not vaccinated. My wife, can I give a shout out to her really quick? He's becoming an uh, American citizen today, and I don't get to be there because people decide that. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm sorry to hear that, but that's awesome for for your wife. That's big time. Congratulations. I had no idea, actually. That's great. Although I worry a little bit now that she's becoming a citizen that uh, I may be in the garage for longer or maybe even out of the garage. I'm not not needed anymore. She's going to have a new sense of entitlement now. And uh, now she's able to apply her own pathway. Did she just marry you to get all the perks of of the American benefit? Are we going to find that out soon, Coquel? I don't know. We'll know if I'm sleeping on your couch soon. You'll know, Kenny. (laughs) Oh, no. Coquel's about to get booted out of the house. You got a new babysitter, girls. (laughs) It's Uncle Coquel. Ken LeVick alive here on ESPN 106.3. So when we return, uh, I had to roll my eyes last night at the preseason game that the Patriots were involved in because some of the stuff being said about Mac Jones is just vomit worthy. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. We're on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. The NFL preseason always means overreaction, and my sweet God, are we overreacting to Mac Jones in New England. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. Hey, it's going to be rainy this weekend. It's going to be kind of gross this weekend, so if you want to go out, 
you're going to need to find a great place to do it, a place that you're probably going to need to, uh, to, to post up for a little bit. And there is no better place to do that than Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach. Stormhouse Brewing, that is my go-to for craft beer in uh, Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. Want to know why? Well, because Stormhouse Brewing is the only craft brewery in the area that also has a food menu, a gastropub menu. What a novel concept. Wait, you want to go drink delicious craft beer brewed on site and you want to eat and you don't want to have to order from the outside to get it? Well, Stormhouse Brewing has all of you covered. North Palm Beach, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard. Josh Preston, all my guys over there, they're going to take care of you. So while it's uh, dumping on you, it's pouring on you this weekend, there is nothing better than getting one of those Billy Rose Blonde Ales, four and a half percent alcohol by volume. Sit down with a 16 ounce. That's my go to and enjoy that. How about the American Wheat Ale? That's an American Pale Wheat. Again, all these are brewed on site. The Session IPA. The Nor'easter, the Cloudburst Pale Ale, that one's the heavy hitter or one of the heavy hitters. It's 6% alcohol by volume. There's the Wave Hopper. Get a 10 ounce of that. It's floral and fruity and delicious. That is going to leave you feeling great as you watch uh, some of the uh, the different sports going on this weekend. The pressure drop as well, the gale force, the day mark, and then Coquel's coffee stout and my personal favorite, the mango grapefruit sour. All of those are on tap, brewed on site at Stormhouse Brewing. It is revolutionizing the craft brewery in this area because again they have all those delicious beers brewed on site by their master brewer who trained in germany the beer capital of the world and they have the menu the gastropub menu delicious food delicious beer always sports to watch not a bad seat in the house and a ton of room to spread out that stormhouse brewing crystal cove commons us1 just a half mile south of pga boulevard and on tuesdays remember it's taco tuesdays check out stormhousebrewing.com for all of the information what they have going on throughout the week whether it's trivia whether it's taco tuesday see what sports are on they've got you covered at Stormhouse Brewing. All right, Coquel. So I was not fully aware of what was happening uh, last night because I was focused on the Field of Dreams game. I was not fully aware of what was happening uh, in Foxborough with the uh, the Patriots uh, in action. You see Mac Jones making his debut for the Patriots, and you're the one who keyed me on to some of the hilarious, ridiculous talk with Mac Jones. Let's go through the numbers from last night. Cam Newton got the start, and he did what number one quarterbacks do in the preseason. He played two series, went four of seven. He led the Patriots to a field goal, but four of seven passing for Cam Newton. And then Mac Jones saw a majority of the rest of the first half into the second half. Mac Jones was 13 of 19, uh, and he led his team to six total points. Uh, And then, Coquel, we saw some tweets that were absolutely hilarious when it came to Mac Jones. And the one that really caused me to roll my eyes, the one that I know you were uh, really annoyed about, is the following from Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Here we go. This is the overreaction tweet of the preseason so far. Mac Jones oozes quiet confidence. It's like he's been in the NFL for 10 years. Really? Like, seriously, Florio, 
I know that it's a slow Thursday night and you need something football to tweet about. But Mac Jones went against twos and threes, did what every rookie quarterback will do, making his first appearance, playing a good portion of the first half into the second half, and went 13 of 19. Give me a, give me a break with this body language stuff, this, oh, he oozes confidence enough already he might end up starting and he'll probably start at some point this year but to make that declaration in the midst of the first preseason game is downright laughable it's so annoying that one got me and the he just looks like a natural patriot oh i wanted to vomit so bad at every i i hate mac jones now like not even just a football player i hate him as a person and it's because it's what <laughs> you hate him as a person because Florio is romanticizing about him. Andrew Siciliano, someone that I absolutely love, does such a great job with the Red Zone Network. He bought into it. He tweeted, I'll say it, week one, Tua versus Mac Jones. Like he did off of one like one full quarter and a half of, of preseason play, he determined, he declared that Mac Jones is the starter in week one. Pat McAfee, I don't want to overreact, but I think 31 different teams fans were hoping Mac Jones would stink. I hate to say this, but it sure seems like he will not. Coquel, in my time covering the Dolphins, I saw so many guys look outstanding. Chad Henney, in his first ever preseason, looked like he was going to be a perennial pro bowler. And then guess what? He was Chad Henney. I know that New England desperately wants an heir to Tom Brady that looks like Tom Brady, that acts like Tom Brady. Cam Newton is a violation of their football sensibilities. But this isn't it. This isn't it. Uh, the, there needs to be more time. There needs to be more patience. There, you, you can't make these declarations and ever, anyone take you seriously after one quarter and a half of preseason football. I cannot stand that there were people praising his incomplete pass that he threw into the corner of the end zone, that they're saying the ball was dropped, but the ball lofted and the defender was able to make a play. They made excuse after excuse. How many touchdowns did Mac Jones lead the Patriots to, Ken? How many? Did you see the touchdown? Uh, that that would be zero. Oh, no, that's right. Because he didn't. He didn't lead them to one. And I wish people at our station would realize we're trying to do a show and stop emailing me during the show that I think is coming <laughs> over. But, like, you can't, you can't praise guys for no reason and then expect me to take you serious. Yeah. He, he looked like an average quarterback playing in the preseason. That's what he right. looked like. Right. And is he going to be a good quarterback? He could be. I'm not saying that he's not, but I'm also saying that to make these wild declarations about what he is and he oozes confidence of a 10 year veteran, like reread your tweets, like Florio, reread your tweets. You sound ridiculous. You, you sound embarrassing. Colin Cowherd, initial reaction. Mac Jones sets his feet nicely, more anticipatory than Cam. Pat's run and screen game have been strong. Solid opening drive. Didn't see any nerves. That's right, Colin. From your couch in L.A., I'm sure you can sense, based on a guy in pads and a helmet, whether or not he has nerves. I just enough already. What is? Am I correct in assuming that this desperate desire to have Mac Jones 
dethrone Cam Newton in week one is because Patriots fans want the the Tom Brady lookalike to be on the field. That Cam sort of makes them look uncomfortable because he's flamboyant, because he's got character, because he trash talks and because he puts himself out there. He's the anti-Patriots way. Is that out of line to say? And also, they just want Belichick to look like a genius again for drafting him because they have to praise Belichick and what the Patriots do, because God forbid the Patriots just fell apart because they went for it all, didn't get there. And then Brady left because the organization was in bad shape. And now they drafted this quarterback that everyone else passed up on. So now it has to be, well, Belichick's a genius because he didn't pass up on him, too. It's just gross. Colin Coward didn't see anything in Mac Jones's feet that you don't see at a high school game on a Friday night. It's right. the same thing. Like, get out of here. Yes, you can <laughs> tell when someone rushes their feet. You know what I mean? Like, he's laying back trying to look cool with his feet up, Cowherd, because I saw the tweet with the picture of his feet. Every every picture, he, every tweet he sent, he had to show that he was watching the game. We had to look at his feet and his TV. He couldn't tell. Maybe he was looking at his own feet. Your feet were set, Cowherd. Are you a quarterback? You know what I can't wait for Monday for you to give the exact same reaction that you're killing people about over Mac Jones to Zach Wilson. I mean, he's going to look like a proven vet. I mean, the excitement he brings, he just brings Zach Wilson just brings an energy to the team. He has the aura (laughs) around him. Kenny, I noticed already without the game starting it, man, does he command a huddle? Guys just want to play with him. Monday. It'll be Coquel Zach Wilson overreaction theater. I can't wait for the greatest hypocrite of them all, Coquel, to in his COVID stupor praise Zach Wilson for all the things that he is crushing Mike Florio and Colin Cowherd about with Mac Jones. The typically consistent Real Coach K. Here you go. I'll end the week since you've been sick with a gift to you at Real Coach K on Twitter. I follow him it. and tweet at him. Is there a way do we can we ask the audience on Twitter to send me like the illegal link for the Giants Jets game on Saturday? Because it's not on TV. <laughs> the illegal link? Uh, I got to find yes. a way to stream it at Real Coach right. K. Send it into the DMs. DMs are open. Yeah. Send the pirated link to at Real Coach K at Real Coach K for Giants and Jets tomorrow night uh, in the preseason. So Coquel can do his uh, foot observations of Zach Wilson. Uh, that also brings me to Stormhouse Brewing. What's on tap? Once again, stormhousebrewing.com. Paying a visit this weekend. Well, it's pouring rain thanks to Fred. There isn't a dopier tropical storm name, by the way, than Fred. Like, I, I feel, don't I feel like a, I care about you. Do not taunt Freddie. Freddie will land at your house. You don't want him. <laughs> right now, he's Fred. If you get a man, he becomes Freddie and the boys. You don't want wait, him at your house. Be nice. Wait, so Fred's Fred's are just dopey and ambling, and Freddie is when a Fred gets an edge. That's how that works. That's when he's a little bit cool, and you can tell he's got some friends he might not want to <laughs> hang out mess with. So don't mess with Freddie. Let's leave uh, Fred alone. Starvaz Brewing, what's on tap? It will be the Giants and the Jets. It will be Zach Wilson making his Jets debut. Coquel furious at the overreaction to Mac Jones last night in his Patriots debut. But Coquel will be all over Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson could throw three interceptions, and Coquel's going to praise him for his footwork. Want to know why? Because he's a damned hypocrite, COVID or no COVID. Giants, Jets, that's our Stormhouse Brewing. What's on tap? That's tomorrow night. And you can see it at Stormhouse Brewing, stormhousebrewing.com. Coquel is going to be in his quarantine garage watching it on a pirated lake. But you can go to Stormhouse Brewing. Thanks, Ron. What? Oh. Not you. Thanks to Ron. Ron, he's the reason. 
Yeah, oh, Ronnie's the reason I'm here and I'm stuck in my garage sweating all weekend. So, you know, it's funny when we're talking about COVID. I don't know when you reference Ron, if you're talking about coronavirus or Ron DeSantis. Well, I'll let that. I never said anything political. I just talked about my buddy Ron that I met one time. That's all I'm not talking about anyone. Just some guy named, maybe a guy named Ron gave me COVID. Don't jump the conclusions. I have COVID. Forgive me. Stormhouse Brewing, what's on tap? Giants and Jets tomorrow night. Coquel, uh, hopefully at some point next week I'll see you. Uh, I can't imagine you're going to be out of your quarantine garage by Monday, so uh, I am looking forward to your Zach Wilson overreaction theater. Uh, good luck finding that pirated feed. I appreciate it. And you know, I'll send you all the tweets. I'm going to be adding you. I got to at Real Coach K is where I'll be sending those tweets, Ken. Okay. You can tweet at Coach K, at Real Coach K, Chris Coquel, at Real Coach K. I'm Ken Levicka, at KLV1063. If you want to deluge us with tweets over the weekend, we'll read them. We'll take them to heart. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. Have a great week. Please, for the love of God, stay healthy. And we'll be back on Monday on ESPN1063. Bye-bye.